Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. We saw what Coleman has done as a backup and a rotational player for Atlanta. I do think that there is a noticeable dip after the top four running backs into Mac, but I do think Mac can be a solid starter in the NFL. Uh, just like Tevin Coleman, he's going to be a big play producer. He's going to be a guy that's going to be more of a downhill runner. Uh, he, he has some, some shiftiness, and, and we see that in some of his highlights where he's just making guys miss one-on-one. Uh, but he's a guy that you kind of want to get a runway for and just let him dart, dart a field and create those big chunk plays. Uh, you look at across the league, I think he'd be a starter for a good handful of NFL teams right away. And so for me, that means uh, a day two pick, like a solid day two pick that you can get at least one solid contract out of and maybe a little bit more. Yeah, that's dynamite, though. I mean, a lot of people don't have him nearly as lofty, you know, and I'm excited yeah. to watch more of him. Uh, there's a tight end that you're very high on. And the people out there that I've heard that like Bucky Hodges a lot talk about Jimmy Graham. You know, and yeah. you know, and today's tight end. I mean, we're not asking him to be Mark Bruner and uproot guys at the line of scrimmage. You know, is that a Hodges type comparison? Yeah, that's actually the comparison that I went with. That's oh, one it, that immediately. Yeah, it actually stuck out immediate to me. Almost one of the first times I saw the guy play. Um, he's he's really a a true wide receiver, and we lump him in with tight end really because of his body type. Um, and he did play in-line tight end before Justin Fuente took over at Virginia Tech this past year. When Fuente took over, he actually flexed out to wide receiver, I think probably something like 85% of the snaps uh, this past year. And, and he was just dynamic. He was a guy, he had one of the best uh, deep ball rates as far as quarterback uh, passer rating when he was thrown to. And he also drew almost double-digit pass interference calls. If you were throwing the ball up to him, there's a decent chance he was either going to drop it, he would catch it, or it'd be a pass interference call. Two and out of three about, is not bad. Yeah. Now the drops are the issue, and the drops are going to be, I think, the defining factor for his career. I but, really think. But that's he needs to be to used correctly, to. though, too. You know what I mean? For but, sure. You know I mean, he's not for everybody. For sure, and you you need to have the right quarterback for him. You have to have the quarterback that's going to trust him and that's going to be willing to sometimes uh, maybe throw an interception. It's not that. Hodges doesn't box out well or use his length well. He does need to play a little bit bigger sometimes, and he's a young guy uh, as far as his age and his maturity on the field. But you sometimes you just don't get the call. And if the ref's not going to call it, then it's a 50-50 proposition as to whether the defensive back is going to get it or if Bucky. Bucky can bring it down. His hands just have to improve. I think that's his biggest question mark right now. Uh, but he is a dynamic player, and if he had the hands, I think he'd probably be looking at like a top 15 type of talent in this class because he just the way he moves at 6'6", 257 is almost unlike anyone we've seen in the last couple of years. He's basically what Doriel Green Beckham was supposed to be out at receiver. Wow. Um, okay. So he is incredibly dynamic, and he has the athleticism to match it, whereas Green Beckham didn't really show that athleticism at the Combine. You know, and I mentioned Jimmy Graham, and Fleener was such a flop that I wonder if they used Hodges almost like Marquise Colston if he were to end up in New Orleans. 
Yeah, that would be really interesting. I I would be fascinated to see how that would work out. Um, Could he be a he big w- slot? You know, I think he would have that in that offense. I think he could because the way they go vertical so often, um, especially without Brandon Cooks now too, I think that would be a, a really fun experiment. And especially with a guy like Breeze, Breeze sure. tends to make these guys work. I again though, I think I would. The only thing that would um, concern me a little bit about using him more where Colston was used, maybe even more like a younger Colston, um, is that the physicality. The physicality with Hodges is not there yet, and and maybe that comes in time as he gets a little bit older. He has to play like he's 257 sometimes. Sometimes he looked like a guy who was 220 pounds. I mean, that's still a big guy, but he played like he was 220 pounds as opposed to you know being almost 40 pounds more. So if he plays strong, I think he'll be very successful. It's just a matter of now implementing and, and boxing out more often. That makes sense. And, and there's a ton of other guys we could talk about on offense, but I wanted to switch the defense. Um, another guy that you're very fond of is Malik McDowell. And, and he seems like a very polarizing guy that the, there's a lot of different opinions on him all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy, especially I think when you, when you turn on his tape, it depends on when you're looking at him. If you're looking at him in the first half of the season, this was a guy that was very motivated to play. Michigan state was still competitive. They were a little bit of a, Disappointment overall. I think last season, especially coming where that program was the previous few seasons, and as Michigan State sort of fell off at the end of the season, you saw his effort tend to wane a little bit. And, and you know, that's a valid concern. But I will say that we also heard those concerns about Jadavion Clowney, Joey Bosa. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, that's kind of a normal thing. Rhyme and get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are 300 dudes crash, 300 pound dudes crashing into each other every play. And if their team's not good, I'm not going to really hold it against them when their massive payday is coming like maybe that's not the great way to look at it but it's just the reality of the situation so um mcdowell though he's he's incredibly versatile he literally lined up everywhere from right over the center so the zero technique all the way out to the seven technique which is out across from the uh the tackle and he had success at every single position he bulked up 15 pounds to 295 which was a concern of mine before the combine because he was listed at 280 pounds at 280 pounds, he's an undersized defensive tackle. And then you're kind of concerned, well, can he hold up against double teams? Can he really play the nose um, if a team wants to use that in passing situations? There's some usage issues there. He doesn't really have a true position. Well, now at 295, he has true position. You can literally line him up as that Indomitian Sioux type of player at the three technique and just let him penetrate all day long. You can still kick him out to the end because he's still freakishly athletic. So you can still use him on the edge if you want to move him around like that. And you can still play him over the nose because he has the size. For him, it's just a matter of consistency. Um, Firing off low off the snap, that's a normal thing for a 6'6 player. Uh, He is very similar to Eric Armstead last year who had success when he did play. Um, for San Francisco, I thought I, I liked Eric Armstead, but not quite as much as Malik McDowell. Um, McDowell, I think, just plays faster and he plays stronger, than, uh, at least as far as consistency-wise, than, than Armstead. So I do. I put a lot of trust into the talent into this. Um, if McDowell lands in a situation where they're going to use his versatility, I think he'll be a defensive superstar. It, it sounds like if everything goes well, maybe he could be Calais Campbell, which is very, very high praise. Yeah, yeah, actually, that I, I like that comparison, actually. Uh, another guy you know, from nearby Michigan that you're not super high on, actually two of them, Taco Charlton and Chris Warmly. You, you, you didn't seem to be gushing about either. 
Yeah, the thing with Charlton is he he definitely looks the part, and he had several games where he was borderline dominant. But my concern came with, is this another Kevin Dodd? He mm, came out okay. of Clemson last year. It took him four, basically three years and then his fourth final season to really show much and really show that he'd be an NFL-caliber talent. A long guy, similar frame, similar build. Um, now, I will say Taco had more on his plate as far as creating for that defense, whereas uh, Kevin was more of the uh, more of the uh, second banana for Clemson as they had Shaq Lawson, and so he didn't really have to create quite as much. I do like Taco if you give him time. The thing is, is even in his dominant games, so number one, you look at Ohio State. Well, he was facing one of the worst right tackles in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State's right tackle, Isaiah Prince, really struggled throughout the season, and that didn't stop as soon as he played Taco. And it didn't stop against Clemson in the bowl game either. And we saw what happened to Ohio State that game. So I'm a little bit concerned as far as like the, the talent he was actually facing, even though it was Big Ten talent, and he did have a good game against Florida State. Um, he just It's a lot of inconsistencies. And if you're going to be positive about him, you're going to call it flashes. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call if you're going to be more pessimistic, you're going to call it in- inconsistencies. I'm a little bit more pessimistic on him just because it took him so long to break out. And then he went to the combine and had a pretty mediocre combine. And to me, that matched what I saw on tape. I saw a guy that wasn't really a dominant athlete. He wasn't flashing the the bend around the edge that you know people like to talk about. Being able to withstand contact, stay on his feet, and be able to to effectively and literally bend his body and his hips and his ankles uh, to take that contact and still finish without running around the pocket. I thought too often he was just being run around the pocket and allowing quarterbacks to take one step up and make their delivery. Um, now, that being said, I, I do like his value if he's taken in the right spot. I just don't think you're going to expect him year one to come in and be this eight-sack player. I think you're maybe looking three or four years down the line. Maybe you're saying like a Robert Ayers type of player who's solid but not spectacular. Uh, looking at... Um, Warmly. Chris Wormley, yeah. He's he's a guy that, like, you want him on your team. And he tested actually better than expect, than I expected at the Combine. So maybe he has more upside than, than maybe what I saw on film. He sacrificed for the team. He was not the type of player that I thought should have been actually on the edge at Michigan as often as he was. I thought he should be more of an interior player because he is quite strong. Uh, but at the edge, he was exposed for being a little bit stiff, uh, not quite dynamic with his hands. He didn't really win one specific way. He was really an effort guy who was a little bit older and a little bit stronger than a lot of the competition that he played. That's obviously not going to work the same in the NFL. Uh, but at 298 pounds, he has the size. He's a little bit quicker inside, so his, his speed shows up a little bit more there. And I think as a rotational player, you could get some you get some more use out of him. I think it's just a matter of keeping the the expectations right on him. And moving inside is going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him though too. So it's for me it's a little bit difficult projecting him to the next level because he wasn't playing the right position in college, which I give him credit for for still being able to do, but it did hurt him and I think it hurt his evaluation. So I do have him as about a fourth or fifth round prospect in that range. Okay. Um if it's cool with you, can I bring up three more dudes and then we'll wrap it up? Absolutely. Joe Mathis. I had never even heard who this guy was until I got your your book, and now I've been doing all kinds of research on him, and I could see what you like. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's a, he's a throwback player. He's a classic power rusher. When he was on the field for Washington, a team loaded with defensive talent. I mean, they had a bunch of stars and NFL players that are going to be making plays on every level of the defense next year at the NFL level. Joe Mathis, when he was healthy and actually able to contribute as far as uh, being available, he was an absolute monster for that defense. Uh, he didn't have the gaudy career sack numbers, but it was this guy, he's 6'2", 255, he's low to the ground, just a monstrous lower body. Like this guy will just literally any game that you watch of him, he is just bulldozing through these offensive linemen, these running backs, anyone who tries to, to block him. He's just a playmaker. Uh, Pernell McPhee was my comparison for him. Not necessarily the creator, not really the guy that you're going to line up and, and hope to be Cam Wake. He's not that type of athlete, but he's a guy that's going to win with brute strength. He's going to win with tenacity and very heavy hands. So someone that when he gets inside that offensive lineman's chest, he is delivering a visible strike, and he is going to jolt that lineman literally off balance. Um, so for me, I have him in the second round. I think he's going to probably fall to that because, again, he didn't have the production. Over the course of four years, he was banged up a couple of times. Can he stay healthy? That's going to be a question that teams need to look at. But he could be a real steal if he can stay healthy because that's not really the typical type of player that you're seeing out of college nowadays. More, most guys are big like that, but they're trying to play small. He embraces his size and actually takes full advantage of it. He sounds like he might fit in my hometown here and learn from James Harrison a little. Oh, that would be, yeah, I think that would be a fantastic fit. I actually, I think I listed the Steelers as one of his best fits, and uh, that would make just, just too much sense, especially as a, a Jarvis Jones replacement. I think right. you'd get a whole lot more bang for your buck for that. Another guy people are really up and down on, and I think a lot of them were just blown away that he did as much as he did as well as he did at the Combine, is Jordan Willis from Kansas. Yeah, Willis, I, I definitely didn't expect to see what he did at the Combine. He tested like one of the very best athletes in this class. And you can see it at times. It's not like he's the type of player where um, he just won with effort. That wasn't the case. But the way he plays didn't match the Combine in a sense that when he gets off of the line of scrimmage, usually what you'll see from great pass rushers is you'll see them sort of chop their feet a little bit, be able to change directions very quickly and suddenly, whereas Willis is more of a longer strider. And I think that that somewhat neutralizes some of his athleticism on the field, and it caused him to overrun the pocket, like I talked about earlier. Uh, it, so he's just go, simply going around the arc of the park pocket, making it easy for quarterbacks to sort of sidestep them and, and get out of their way. Or what he's trying to do is just simply out-athlete the tackle instead of using his hands. He's got to get better about using his hands, and he's got to shorten his strides a little bit. If he does, the, does those two things and he can unlock that, that freakish athleticism that he showed at the Combine, then maybe there's a whole other level to him. I compared him to uh, Olivier Vernon. So Vernon's been a very good pro in the NFL, but he's also been a little bit inconsistent as a pass rusher too. He's not really the creative type. Um, he's more solid as like a second banana than he is as that primary devastating player. Uh, more of a cleanup sack artist than more of the the you know Von Millers of the world. Um, there's value in that in the NFL. There's a lot of value of that actually. Uh, Marcus Golden is a guy who's really been like the gold standard of that in the last couple of years, where. But although Willis is a little bit more athletic too. So Willis, I think, is a very solid prospect. I wouldn't feel 
too uncomfortable taking him in the first round as long as you feel comfortable uh, with the athleticism and, and, and helping him mold that athleticism to his advantage a little bit more. Sometimes he just defeats himself. And so you have to kind of find out why that is. I have that theory on it, but it may not be that reason. Maybe he's just not as athletic with pads on as he is in shorts, which that's another that would be a, a bigger concern than than what I'm talking about. But I'm a little bit more optimistic on him. I think he'll be a, a longtime contributor. And I know he's coming from a big conference, but pass blocking isn't exactly the specialty in that conference. No, it's not. And that's <laughs> and that is something that can and that makes the Big Twelve difficult in general. Like. Any type, even with Joe Mixon, at times it was like, okay, I mean, he's really not playing even collegiate, like high-end collegiate level talent here. I mean, it's you have to you have to try to factor that in with all of these prospects. Like, what's the level of competition here? And and Willis did. Sometimes it's like he's six four, two fifty five, and he's play, playing a guy who's thirty pounds less than him and has no business really being out there. So, and it's not something to hold against Willis, but it, it makes that evaluation process a little bit more difficult. Yeah, there's no doubt. And the last guy I wanted to bring up, and I don't think he's really a household name yet, but I think he could be soon, is Anthony Walker. Yeah, yeah. You know, Walker was a guy, he kind of got onto the, the draft Twitter scene, if, if you will, uh, two years ago. He was a little bit, and I wouldn't say slender, but he was a little bit less bulked up uh, in 2015 as opposed to 2016 when he moved to uh, middle linebacker full-time. For Northwestern, I think he added some weight to do that, and I think it slowed him down a little bit. If you compare those two years of film, you saw a little bit more of an explosive, almost more like a young Kiko Alonso type of player in on 2015, where he was really good against the run. He was beating uh, linemen and fullbacks and tight ends to their spot and blowing up run plays for tackles for loss. His production is off the charts too, by the way, and, and that sort of points towards his athleticism being solid. Uh, then he kind of got a little bit bigger as a junior and I think that it showed more in coverage than run stopping. He's still a good run stopper. Um, but in coverage, he was a little bit more lumbering. He wasn't really the type that maybe would carry the tight end downfield. Cause you're not going to ask your middle linebacker to do a ton in coverage, but you do want to ask him to do just enough to stay on, on the field for all three downs. And so you kind of have to trust Walker himself and your usage of him in the pros. So he's a guy, I think he can play all three positions, weak side, strong side, or middle linebacker. But with the dearth of middle linebacker options in the NFL and so many teams needing an immediate starter, I think Walker can absolutely start at middle linebacker in the NFL. You just have to get him at the right, at the right weight. Because if he's a little too heavy, you start to worry a little, little bit more about whether he's just a two-down thumper. Um, but he is a good box player. And I will say that, even if you're going to keep him a little bit thicker, He's a guy that can play in the box. He's nuanced. He's got the experience. If you can unleash a little bit more of that 2015 side of him, I think you'll be really happy with his ability to make plays and coverage. That's all good stuff. And Ian, can you, can you tell us you know, your Twitter handle, anything else going on in your world? Um, we're going to wrap it up there. But, man, I could do this all night. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I could too, and I really appreciate it. Um, my Twitter handle is at NFL Film Study. Um, we've got every single day up until the draft, we've got a new draft guide for a team, every team-specific draft guide coming out. Um, so we're working our way through the NFC East right now and throughout the rest of the NFC. Um, we just got started on the series too. So um, if you haven't missed much if you haven't been able to catch those yet. Uh, I've also got my draft guide coming out this Saturday morning, and that's going to be on sale 
um, you know, really throughout the draft. I'll, I'll just keep, you know, pumping that out. And uh, other than that, and I'm also working on my own special project now, I'm going back and watching quarterback prospects from 2013 through 2015 because I charted the 2016 and 2017, or yeah, 2016, 2017 class. So I'm starting to get more of a historical data point on that. So if you want to read old Matt Barkley prospect tweets, wow. you can feel free to follow me. Yeah, it's, it's been man. interesting. It's interesting, man. I'm watching Mike Glennon and, and Matt Barkley just to try to like learn more about you know sure. these guys I didn't get a chance to watch. And it, it's kind of funny to see like, okay, like I can see why this guy failed or I can see what had people excited at the time as these guys in prospects. So um, I'm doing that. And uh, and yeah, so it's always about football, um, you know, whether it be current or, or next year, obviously, eventually we'll switch over and start talking about college and NFL next year after the draft. So um, definitely invite anyone to, to follow along. Yeah, they absolutely should. Um, thank you so much for being on. This was a blast. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was my pleasure.